Hi everybody, and welcome to the season finale of the Hewins Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Ian, and I can say that this season was filled with inspiration, motivation, and lots of laughter. I'd like to thank all my guests from season one, my supporters, and my team for helping me to put this podcast together. My guest for today is a journalist, an educator, post-grad student, and for some reason, he likes to call himself a procrastinator. Let's welcome to the podcast, Lich Tafari Smith. Hey, Lich, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing well, Ian. How are you? I'm fantastic, you know. I'm just, you know, as I tell all my guests, I'm just trying to navigate the space of living in a pandemic, as we all are. Oh, I've seen your your Instagram and I think you're doing very well. Thanks for inviting me to Hewins Theory. Um, I just want to say a big up for all that you're doing. I'm excited. Thank you. I appreciate it. No worries. I'm I look at you every day on Instagram and and, and I read the tweets <laughs> and I get inspiration. <laughs> That's how I'm able to help. <laughs> all right. I appreciate that as well. Thank you, Ian. Makes it a little bit easier. No problem. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. How are you outside of everything that's going on that we see on social media? How are you personally? And I'm pretty well. I think I got some rest today because um, it's in the night now. I think it's um, probably earlier for you in Jamaica. Um, but I'm fine. Everything is fine. My allies are okay. Mentally, physically, socially, spiritually in this moment. So I will say that I have no problems at this moment. Perfect, perfect. All right, Lidge, we have seen um, so much um, through your life on social media, Lidge, and I, I can say I am super happy, and I was sharing this with you um, in your messaging before now, that one thing that I can say about you is that you always stay authentically true to who you are. How how is that, or how did that come about? Like, how do you manage to just always be you all the time? Like, I feel like there's no facade being put on on social media. How do you do that? Yeah, you're definitely right. There's no facade on social media as it relates to just who I am generally. I think it's a result of me just coming into my own. You know, at this point, I'm 27, so I'm very old. I feel like I've been here for a very long time. But I will say that it definitely didn't come overnight because there was a time when I used to feel like I should have been somebody else, you know? Um, But just in my journey and in feeling that I need to be clear, I need to be centered in who I am because I am not getting any younger. It's a case where I started, you know, just becoming more um, a fan of Lige. You get what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. More... um, supportive of myself and more supportive of me and what I do and so I guess through and it sounds like I'm this world answer by the way but I'm dead serious <laughs> because of this continuous um, appreciation of self and self-love I've been able to just be myself in any space and in any weather but definitely it's something that, that I had to I guess hone and craft mm-hmm. because it wasn't always this way um, yeah, so Lidge, um, a lot of people um, has jumped on the Lidge train knowing you as the Jamaican who moved to Japan. But obviously before Japan, there was a life here in Jamaica. What was that like? Uh, bring me back through to childhood coming, leading up to you leaving to Japan. All right, so let's talk about childhood. So I feel like I've always had the support of people just as I would have now, definitely not on the same magnitude because I do believe that 
you know, a lot of people have known more about me now since I've moved. You know, I've done something a little different from the norm um, where it concerns moving to Asia. Of course, there are not a lot of Jamaicans concentrated here or even the ones that are here. You know, maybe it's a case where they're not as well known per se, but they're doing their thing, by the way. I have to big up the Jamaican community here. But um, as it relates to my upbringing, it was more of... I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, like the humble beginning that everybody was used to, but mm -hmm. it was kind of a, a special upbringing, I would say. So my mm -hmm. mother, she was raised in the inner city and she decided that she didn't necessarily want that life for me. And so from very early, she knew that. And I think one of the biggest things for her was that she dreamt big very early and i think she didn't necessarily have the support as it relates to guiding her in the direction where she needed to go but i think i guess just her innate ability to see beyond her position or to see beyond where she was um that mm -hmm. helped that helped um her to make it much better for me so she moved out of the inner city and we moved to a community called Helsha. Because all oh, my Helsha massive, by the way. Huh? And so <laughs> by the age of three, four, I was in Helsha. At this time, I was going to vast preparatory because she said, I don't want my child to go to just any school. I want my child right. to go to that school in particular. So just that <laughs> tunnel vision um, from her, I think is just really admirable. So I moved on from vast prep, of mm -hmm. course, spent six years there, went to Kingston College. Um, my hobbies at that time were probably tennis and church. I really loved singing and I really loved um, just church activities and I loved the sport of tennis. So those were the things that I could say were my safe places when I was growing up. Um, and then I moved on to journalism school because, of course, you know, boy, I love chat. So my mm -hmm. mother would be like, you are always presenting, you're always doing things in church, you're always just a talkative type of person why not venture into journalism so right, right. i spent some time at Rui, left that and then right before japan i was doing television so when i say that i would have gotten the same sort of love you know it's almost as if that television career too helped people to know about me and support me in a way that i never had expected so that's just a little synopsis of how i moved from childhood to adulthood which obviously would um help me to be where i am now correct correct um as a growing up with mom and, and and your parents what are some of your fond memories that you 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 remember now with being with mom so i think one thing with my mother and let me just say it wasn't always like a great relationship because for me as an only child there was a moment where i thought that i had a void inside of me um, I don't know if it's a case where I needed company or because of my mother's experience being where she was from, she was very overprotective of me. So I will say before I talk about the fun memories that growing up, there was just sometimes when I really wanted to let loose because, you know, it's Jamaica, you see other children doing other things and you're like, why do I have to always go to church? Why do I always have to be the person who is the perfect child or the model child? And my mother is like, because this is what I have envisioned. So this is what you're going to do. So do. Mm -hmm. I felt like I felt like I had a lot of pressure on me, but I think I managed it well. Um, so I will say that for a lot of my teenage years, that's that's the thing that would resonate with me. But of course, there were definitely good memories. 
um I had a very wholesome family. You know, my family from the inner city, I remember going there in summers on the weekends and we would just have very fun times when we could just laugh and be very comedic. I know my mother was so big on dressing me up. So I can say that some of the fun memories were like putting on new clothes <laughs> and just feeling like a superstar whenever I touch the street. Like I didn't even know what it meant, but you know, you just mm -hmm. feel like somebody cause you're just in all these brands and stuff. Um, I also remember like the times when me and my mother bonded, you know, yeah. it would have been so special because I think my father was around, but he wasn't necessarily a family man per se. So a lot of my understanding came from my mother and I feel like that's how we even became really close. Of course, you know, as a teenager, you tend to want to pull away from them and just do your own thing. So that's where the first explanation came in. Always go to places. Um, and so by the time I'd be 15, 16, I'd have gone to so many places in Kingston and the rest of Jamaica. Um, <laughs> I remember her just always hyping me up. Like she was my hype woman. And so right. when I tell people all the time that my confidence would not have come from just social media and people, I think she played a very integral part in helping me to understand that I am an important and special individual, extraordinary, but of course, with modesty. Um, and I think another thing that I remember from my childhood was just my family support overall. Like I had an extended family. They lived in the inner city and we would just always sing, dance, laugh, have the time of our lives. And I would just feel like myself there. So these were some of the top moments that I would remember. Um, and would you say that, that that family support and that bond is really what solidify who you were like allowing them allowing you to be who you were just being fun and just vibrant and just being there that solidify you as a um who you are now oh for sure because in that time when you had self-esteem issues when you would have been moving from spaces to spaces not being able to maneuver yourself thinking that if you're going to maneuver the the, the way or redirect yourself you'd have to change so much of you i didn't have to do that with my family you know and it wasn't even anything drastic but you're just thinking about moving from prep school to high school that's like a whole different personality you know mm -hmm. and then high school to uni now that's a boys school to a uni with um everybody is like a big city it's a whole different personality again and then from <laughs> that to doing media not necessarily having links and friends, a whole different personality. So the one place I didn't ever have to tweak who I was, was with my family. So I will say that they definitely just allowed me to always be myself. And I feel like that is even the reason why I'm grounded today, because they just always bring me back to a place of me being my true self. True and that's self. what I appreciate about them. I love that. Really love to hear that, um, Lidge. But... You know, I want to touch on something um, that you mentioned earlier in this conversation, and that is life was not always that great. What were some of the challenges you faced as a child growing up? All right, so I wasn't necessarily poor, but mm -hmm. there were days when we didn't have, you know, gladly I would say that my mother, as Jamaicans would I say again, she turned her hand and make fashion and she made do with whatever she had. Um, I think also just the disconnect with my father and the family, there were some issues there, not necessarily with him and me, but more so him and her. But, you know, they've made it work over the years and I think they're doing well now. 
but just that disconnect as well kind of made things a bit touchy when it moved on to moving from her house to his house, moving from her company to his company. So it was a bit mm -hmm. confusing. Um, I will also say, though, that as much as I love church and I enjoyed it, I always felt like I wanted to be more freer because, you know, boys and not even just boys, but people overall, especially in the years of puberty and stuff, they'd want to try to figure out who they were um, mm -hmm. and try to do what their friends do. Because as much as you want to be a leader or whatever, like peer pressure was a thing, you know, so I really wished I was able to go to like a party. I wish I knew how liquor tasted. These little <laughs> things and these, no, it's <laughs> serious. And these things weighed on my mind because I'm like, why can't mm. I be a normal person? But it would have come from the pressure of my mother to just be that model child because of what she had envisioned earlier. So I kind of did feel a lot of pressure growing up. I feel like she doesn't even know the magnitude of this until like, or she didn't know until the other day when I told her because she thought mm. that everything was fine. So there were just a little um, few spots where the disconnection was real. But apart from that, you know, I could say that I had a fairly good childhood. Good childhood. Um, and I, I actually, you said something a while ago that you actually had that conversation with your mom. And that's that's such a super important thing to have the conversations with people, um, to let them know exactly how you felt in a particular situation, how they made right. you feel in a particular situation. Right, because they would never know. Trust me. Exactly. How how was that conversation with her? How was that? <laughs> to be honest, just like every Jamaican parent, because you didn't speak about it earlier, it's almost as if they didn't think it could have been possible because why would you hold it in for so long? But after a while, she would have gotten it because I, of course, came with my receipts and I just made her know that. <laughs> I think you're a very good mother, but these are the things that I felt like you could have done. And you should have done because, of course, we know, Ian, like that Caribbean parenting trauma is a thing. They mm -hmm. literally just regurgitate what was given to them. And so sometimes you have to give them grace, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you can't invalidate what you feel. And so it wasn't necessarily the smoothest. And I know that maybe she would have left the conversation with some question marks, but at least she knows. Um, and I think that's what's mm -hmm. important. And I feel important. like since then, our relationship has become um, much healthier. I mean, it was healthy before, but just mm -hmm. that transparency made it much better. Much better. Well, that's, I'm really happy to hear that um, because it's, again, I, you see, your mental health is very important. And Tell me about it. <laughs> I like to talk. I like to, to touch on topics with my guests because it's it's something that you can never talk about too much. It can't be overrated. Like talking about mental health is super important. When we get back, Lidge shares his story about life in Japan and finding his purpose. We'll be right back with more on the Hewins Theory Podcast. Are you interested in shopping online or have family members abroad send something to Jamaica for you? Ship it JA. We ship by air and sea twice per week for as low as $500. Let us ship and clear your barrels, containers, furniture, electronics, appliances, clothes, accessories, and so much more. Receive 10% off your first pound. Get a Ship It JA US shipping address for free at shipitja.com. Don't have a credit card or debit card? Use ORS. Not sure how to shop online? Let's do it for you. 
For more details, call us at 876-938-8849 or visit us at Shop 6B Manlyhorn Plaza, Junction St. Elizabeth. Choose Ship It JA. We put the IRA in shipping to Jamaica hassle-free. Look around, you know this is Left Side aka Mr. Keep Left and if you're not here, keep left representing for Hugh and Steery podcast. And the biggest broadcast. Where's the Ian? Look around! Mud! Right, me, me? Yep! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so okay, Lidge, you said no, you take up your big bad self now, sir. <laughs> you know, you want to move from Jamaica and go to Japan. That's yes. such a huge culture difference and in, in different in many ways. But why did you decide on making that change? Ian, every time somebody asks me this question, I'm surprised by my own self and surprised by my own answer. Let me tell you why. Because Mm -hmm. you know when you're capable of something, but then when you actually do it, you look back and you're like, wait, I'm not cursing, but bomba, like you actually... You actually do this. So for me... I can tell you. (laughs) No no, worries. I can relate. So for me, this was mm-hmm. lights out. I don't think I was ever aware of the situation, but then just thank God for the ability to pivot. Thank God for the ability to adapt. And I feel like that is what brought me through. I'm going to give you the story, but mm-hmm. let me just say that every single time you hear somebody move from Jamaica or anywhere, a matter of fact, to another country, it's never an easy feat. I know a mm-hmm. lot of Jamaicans like moving, but they never sit and they never think of the hardship that comes with it, mm-hmm. how much you have to be able to take because your life is literally not the same. You wake up one day literally in a whole different place. Nobody knows your name. Nobody knows what you do. Nobody knows where you're going. Sometimes you yourself don't know, but you of course have to trust the process. So let me just say, I moved to Japan without even thinking. The opportunity came up. Mm -hmm. I was doing television in Jamaica. However, remember I told you at the beginning, I wanted to become clear and I wanted to become centered. And I felt like even though my dream was to be a journalist and a television host for so many years, I really was not feeling it. And if it's one thing I learned about myself in this search of being centered and clear, Mm -hmm. stop lying to yourself. And my thing was, oh, I love television. But you love television because... Hold on, Liz. Wait, Liz. You just said something a while ago and I want you to repeat that for me. What did you tell yourself? What did you Stop say? Stop lying to yourself, man. Stop lying to yourself. Everybody, <laughs> I tell you, say television is your thing, and everybody's telling you that, oh, you're doing well, and you're going bust bigger, you're going to that, and whatever. And mm-hmm. the moment I felt like it didn't serve me anymore, and I told them that I didn't want to do TV anymore. No, this is something that I knew I wanted to do from us four. This is not even something that I came up with when I was 1920. From us four, I saw Simone Clark Cooper, Neville Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Croskill on television and when I was four I was I was in grade one by the way so I was very advanced and mm-hmm. I told myself I want to be on television I didn't know what they were doing they know what they were talking about but I but knew I wanted to you do. know you yeah right so I, and, and of course making the steps there making rounds in Jamaica you know meeting so many people I still felt empty and mm-hmm. it just says to you that you know sometimes when you're looking for that clarity and that um centeredness you have to make sure you match it with purpose and purpose is not necessarily what you want alone but purpose is where you serve best um and so in my mind 
I felt like I needed to do something that not only served me, but something that I felt happy doing, you know? Right. And so in television, I felt happy doing it, but I realized I wasn't getting the returns and exposure don't carry to the supermarket. Now, you ever got a price <laughs> mark and say, um, oh, I'm on television. Three buckler can bear, please. It don't work, like that, you know. But not yeah. to say that moving to Japan was a money move because it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily just a money move, but it was a move to see what else was there. And I think because I was already cloaked in at home, I already just had this huge mind like, I dreamt a lot um, mm-hmm. about just being an international citizen, an international person. Like, I've literally had dreams going to places and just making my mark. I also, somebody gave me a prophecy and told me that I'm going to be a man of influence. Mm-hmm. A matter of fact, let me just give you a quick, um, a quick fun fact. That's what my name means. Lich Tafari means a child of influence, Ooh. a king. So, I feel like my father actually did a very good job there. Not my father, but you know my godfather. Who yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so, 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 in moving to Japan, I just really wanted that clarity and that centeredness. And I'll just continuously say that. But Lynch. Even though I was doing whatever I was doing in Jamaica, it just never felt right. Felt. So I felt like yeah. I needed to move and I didn't question it. I just locked my eye and I moved. Yeah, no, listen, your name alone is so different, right? And like, what could it be but destiny and like you were made for this you know what i mean like you're just like it wasn't even supposed to be my name that's another story another oh really time. no oh, wow. my mother thought that i was going to be a girl and on the day she found out i was a boy and she didn't have any interest in naming me <laughs> and that's how my my godfather and my father decided that, yo, I, we're going to give him another name. <laughs> so you can see how purpose just fell right into right. my life. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So yeah, so yeah, we, we were, you were saying, you were sharing the story of um, living in Japan. Like, So you decide that, okay, I'm not feeling like I'm doing my purpose or doing what I want. to. As much as others life. thought that as, it was. As much as, yeah, as much as our others thought that you personally just said you know i'm done lying to myself this is not what i want to do mm-hmm. and you said all right you want to move to japan tell me about how you, you transition now so what was the process like before actually heading to japan all right so let me tell you how this going on so of course you have the program that i'm on it's directly through the government so in all of this I would have to be preparing for a year before. So even if you weren't ready, because everything is just happening, the year almost felt like it was probably two weeks. I kid you not, Ian. So in writing essays, in going through a shortlisting process, in making sure that your criminal record, it it was literally a whole rigid thing. Like they drilled you over six months and they picked the best 20 people in my year. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what it is about me, but I just feel like this is my moment. I feel like like this is the time that I'm going to finally get um, a chance to just do what I want to do. No, I applied for a U.S. visa years a year before, you know, and they turned me down saying, listen, you do not have ties to this country. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I, feel, I think I was turned down from a U.S. visa probably three times in my life. And... Let me tell you, exactly one year after my last um, denial, when I went to the embassy for Japan, when I finally got the date Mm -hmm. and I went for Japan, I actually was so nervous that I asked them to transit me 
from the U.S. to Japan because I just wasn't going to try for U.S. anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the um the embassy, the window, the man literally said to me, you know, you applied for a transit, but I'm actually going to give you a 10-year tourist visa. And I really do hope that you enjoy Japan and you come back and you fulfill the purpose that you have oh, wow. left here. And I was like, this is literally confirmation. Now, this mm-hmm. man don't know me from anywhere. This consulate don't have no business telling me, go to Japan and come back <laughs> and, 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 and fulfill your purpose. And we're just say, sir, thank you. We'll check you with DHL, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, all of these little stepping stones just made me know that made me know that I would have to come to Japan and I would have to level up, do things that I've never done before. Sure. And so, mm-hmm. before you know it, it was time to leave, and I actually kept it a secret. You know the little Jamaican thing where you don't tell nobody <laughs> where you move is. Yep. You know nobody make your foot big, or you know nobody. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what make your foot bigger, you know, and everybody pray, bad prayer for you, whatever. And just yeah. that final moment, I just connected with the close places to me. So I realized that the tennis that I loved, which was my escape, I used to play a lot of tennis before I left. And that church, the church, my church was the last place I went to before I left, you know, just to finish that right. chapter of my life. And I just, as you would say, one of your favorite words since I've been on this podcast, segue into Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. When I came to Japan, that was a whole different story, though, because I did some things that I would not imagine doing. Well, listen, I am ready. So you you decide now, you're finally in Japan now, Lynch. Mm -hmm. And now you start to realize, well, you know, obviously realize that, listen, Jamaica and Japan, two different things. I'm in a country that people, they don't know me. And I'm trying to just navigate the space and try to fulfill my purpose. That's my sole job. Now... What kept you going? So while you're joking now. You're mm. now. When I came to Japan, Ian, my thing was, okay, teach well, make money, take care of your family, give your brothers the life that you got and even better because I must say that I was not in need of anything. But I, my main purpose was just my brothers. Like mm-hmm. anything else could have been secondary. And it would be like, okay, spend one year here and then come back home because as much as... I didn't want to do TV. I was like, maybe it's because of the timing. Maybe it's because of the youth um, in me. Maybe it's because of the inexperience. So maybe you should go back to television and try again. And maybe, you know, with the little Japanese, some players, you may know you have a little leverage. <laughs> Three months in being here, I traveled to Taiwan. And it opened my mind to so many other possibilities because I love Jamaica, but it says, wow, Lynch, there is actually, or there are actually, more places in the world than jamaica there is more than just the four walls of kingston you Mm -hmm. are literally that international citizen that you had so claimed and dreamt of for all these years two Mm -hmm. months later i moved to malaysia and i was like the same thing again i was like why wouldn't i want to do this you know just keep making my mark in different places, serving Mm -hmm. in different areas. You know, what is just my concern and attachment to Jamaica? And mark you, of course, you know, that's been my home for the 25 years. So, of course, Jamaica is going to always be on your mind. But just the thing that I wanted to spend only one year here, and just in those first five months, I was saying, "Mm -mm -mm, not yet. You're going to actually (laughs) come here and you're going to do whatever you need to do until that feeling of you don't feel like you should be here anymore Mm -hmm. comes up again. I wasn't feeling that, but I was forcing it from early. Like I was 
predicting that in one year. And I was like, nah. So I this um, that opportunity came up. One of my friends told me about a scholarship for a master's program. And me, I said, me, master's? Now, anybody who knows my story, and if you don't know it, there was a point where I was given a warning and probation from UA because wow. I was failing 10 courses in my very first year in UA. Now, think about how many courses in university wow. at UA. Mm-hmm. You do 10 courses. No, I fail all my courses. I fail all my courses in second year. So a three-year degree at UA took me six years. Wow. And um, so when people always say, oh, I know this young man from his graduation suit, just mm-hmm. thinking about that graduation suit, it meant so much to me because that was a form of redemption to say, I finally done it and I'm going to finish big as much as though oh, I've started right. a particular way. Mm-hmm. So just connecting that back to this story now, once again, feel mm-hmm. like I was finished, but then I was like, no, 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 I have to redeem myself in a way. And so yeah. when I came here and I noticed that Japan can actually be a stepping stone for me in more ways than just educating students and making back money for my brothers, I decided which space can I take up and serve in it excellently. And I decided mm-hmm. that I wanted to do a master's because that was my redemption for the six years that I took in UA. And so I'm almost done with it now, thankfully, but then that, that I got a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm studying education. And then after that, no, I started studying, um, practicing, started, I started to um, become a board member, like for the state of teachers. Um, wow. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, yo, mm-hmm. you didn't ever intend for any of this to happen. And hey. I realized that, you know, you're still making rounds somewhat in Jamaica. And I'm like, this is crazy now because... I really was fretting over Jamaica thinking that I would have lost my place. Psh, which place? I never have no place in there, you know? But <laughs> right. um, my thing was, I don't want to be too far away because I feel Wait. like mm-hmm. I've been losing my people. But honestly, since I've come to Japan, I've been able to just manage all the different aspects of my life so as it relates to school, as it relates to work, as it relates to serving on the boards, as it relates mm-hmm. to um, just still having a connection with Jamaica. I think Honestly, I don't think about it too much, but I think I do fairly well in managing all of those. And so I feel like Japan has just opened my eyes to all the things that I can do all at once, not knowing that I could have done them before. So I'm happy for the move. I feel like, and I don't want to talk a long, because these are both years, Ian, but I feel like when you sometimes move to bigger spaces, your mind becomes bigger. Just think about if you're in a room, a small room, and how limited your mind will be, because it can't still be on the four walls. And if you get a mansion, if you're looking at you have bathroom, you have bedroom, you have fountain, for God's sake, and you're just able to see and think more. So I think that's what being alone and being here in Japan has helped me to do. Thankfully. Uh, well, that's such a, an incredible story, Lidge. And it's so funny that you, you mentioned about something. Um, Casey and I, in my very first episode, we Big spoke about... Well, all the time. <laughs> Casey and I, you know, we were talking about um, being able to travel and how it opens your mind to um, different culture and mm-hmm. just being mm-hmm. accepting more of different people and your personality, etc. And you now Japan obviously ha- would have um, done that for you. You know, the more oh, you yes. explore, the more you learn and the more you start, you know, living life in a different way. Your mind is open to a lot more things. But how do you 
how do you keep that all together, Lidge? You, you just mentioned you have all these things going on for your board, um, chair, director, and you have all these things going on for your school and work and everything around you. What? And then fa- bear in mind now, family is not there and you are huge on family. Yeah, yeah. How um, do you <laughs> keep that together? Christian. And that's something that I've not necessarily thought about, but I just think it, it is the same I think it will always come back to the, you know, the saying that goes, you know, when you learn things, I don't remember the Christian saying per se, but it says, when you learn things from your parents, like it never departs or something like that. I mm-hmm. think that's the same thing that has helped me today. Just this, remember I told you earlier that my mother would have taught me that, listen, you got this, you are your own person, you are sufficient, you are special, you can't just do anything. I feel mm-hmm. like... A lot of times I just carry that with me without thought. And I feel like it's a, it's a confidence that is within me that allows me to do it. And not a confidence that um, says that I walk with my chest um, higher than everybody else's. But mm-hmm. my confidence in my ability and in just the belief that everything will be fine. And so you just need to do what you need to do. And then life will just take its perfect order. So when I came here, of course, the language barrier which is usually an issue for people who move overall. I decided that, listen, I'm not fluent in Japanese, but I'm not, me not miss nothing. Anyway, nothing there, me not the middle of the road, like white line. I'm understanding, I'm learning. I'm Even if it means I'm Google translating, I'm going to do that because God mm-hmm. forbid I come to Japan and I am in a shell and I would have not learned or experienced anything. Um, even at my workplace, it's so much more different you know, mm-hmm. from like a Jamaican workplace, people don't necessarily speak to you. Now they're well mannered, they're polite and stuff. So you now have to be the type of person that creates your own narrative, you know, right. in the space. And so it's not the easiest thing to do, but I feel like just my dream of always making sure that I get the best out of any experience that I delve into. Mm-hmm. has just allowed me to just constantly adapt and just just do what I do without much thought to be honest. Right. Um do you, I I don't know if you really understand how powerful that is and how inspirational that is to me and I kept going back to you to saying to you like you this is why I respect your craft and what you're doing because you have again always stayed true to who you are. But Lidge, for like somebody who didn't necessarily have that family support, right? And possibly didn't have that confidence naturally to say, um, you know, you're going to step out and do do it. Um, what do you tell, what would you say to those people? I would say you don't necessarily have to have a confidence start. All you need to do is start. Um, I think more than anything else in this life, it is more important for you to think about where you want to be rather than where you are. And so I always say to myself that I don't ever believe in a mediocre life. There is never a point or there's no aspect of my life, my future life, that I see as regular or mediocre. And as such, I have to start from today to ensure that whatever I want is what I will get on my terms, on my time, and of course, with my effort. So of course, it is not easy to say that you can do it because clearly sometimes confidence can be the reason you, or the lack of confidence or just the just the belief that you can do will sometimes not make you wake up 
um, feeling like you want to do it or sometimes will not mm. make you want to get up out of bed. But never, ever forget the end goal. Um, I think you also need to, I guess, nurture a belief that you are great. A lot of times mm. people tend to wait until somebody gives them the accolade but you can be modest and still believe that you are a great individual you know shakespeare mm -hmm. says some people are born with greatness and some people have greatness thrusted upon them whichever one you think just make sure that it is one of them because life doesn't stop here it doesn't stop tomorrow for some it doesn't stop next week so what are you going to do you know mm -hmm. you have to just always be pushing yourself and challenging yourself and also taking a break so whenever you feel like you can't do it you just can't but just right. never forget that if you actually want to be successful there's nobody in life that will just give something to you at 2021 now you have to get it because guess what everybody else is getting it man so yep. just make sure that you nurture that confidence within yourself also evaluate a lot because that's mm -hmm. how i decided that i wanted to become centered and clear because it's so much easier to not be you know you can just lean on people's understanding now for example if i was somebody who depended on social media for my confidence right. i would have been up in the air and being all just happy-go-lucky when everybody say ray but what yep. would i be doing when everybody say boo you mm -hmm. know what i mean i can't mm -hmm. i mean i mean it's 27 years old i cannot make other people's perception of me hinder me from moving where i want to want go, to go. Mm -hmm. so you have to also have that actual self-love I tweeted something the other day. I said, me like me, like I actually like me. It's not yeah. a facade. It's something that I actually believe because there was a moment when I did not like me. So you have to like yourself enough because only when you, you, you know, like if you like somebody, you want mm -hmm. the best for them at all times. That's the same thing you need to, you know, bring to your life if you right. like yourself enough why wouldn't you want the best for yourself you know so yeah. just those things in very small steps and you'll be good to go i promise you and you also have to not think about the whole comparison because comparison Ooh. culture is a killer mm -hmm. i know a lot of people they may mm -hmm. feel like a bit of confidence and <laughs> then it draws back because guess what there are 1000 other people in a space of 10 minutes that are talking about their wins and the magnitude of wins and and stuff like yeah. that. But you have to remember that different life, different story, different path, and different levels. <laughs> so no. you just have to be so focused on you and not necessarily everybody else. Like Back you. State like <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and you just said something, there was a point in your life that you never liked yourself. And you, and people hearing that knowledge, no man, that is a no lie. Man, true, 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 something. Lidge is no man in tweets, them very hilarious. Miss Donna, um, TikToks <laughs> are crazy. And how can Lidge tell me that he don't like himself? What, what what's, what's that? That doesn't make any sense to me. But, no. but the reality is, it, you know, people again, they don't look beyond what they see on social media. Yeah. Again, they see one picture, one video, and they assume they know everything about you and you're happy go lucky and stuff. But Perhaps. what was that? What that period like, Lich? All right. So for me, I think I just grew up differently, um, as I've told you before. But it goes deeper than that. I think that sometimes I wanted to be human, and I wasn't allowed to do so as it relates to just my upbringing, mm -hmm. and that is why I didn't like myself. Because once again, at that time, I didn't know I wanted to be clear. I didn't know I wanted to be centered. But it just felt like a rebellious. Um, 
a rebellious time in life when you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> being young and just being ridiculed for my personality, Ian. Like, eight wow. years old, six years old, people would just not like me because they think that I was a, a model child. Mm-hmm. I remember one time helping somebody with their homework and the mother actually run me, go home. And this was somebody that was older than me, but because I was in like high, a higher grade, they're like, you're going like, you know everything. But it was because I was contending, um, contesting her um, answers, like something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And she would be like, you're going like you're better than, you know? And wow. they, they would actually send me home. Now, as a child, that guts you. It's mm-hmm. not something that just... And for me, I felt a lot. Like, I'm a very emotional person. Another thing that people don't know. So it's not a case... I may not be emotive, but I mm-hmm. feel a lot. So it's not a case where um, I always loved my smarts or I loved the fact that I could speak this way. I loved the fact that I could dress this way. I loved the fact that I could, you know, do different things well. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wish I could not because the moment somebody picks on me and I have to open my mouth, <laughs> there comes the ridicule. Right. The moment somebody sees me and they're like, oh, I'm always going like him, this and that or whatever, you feel like you want to go in a shell. So because of their belief in me being quote-unquote too much, right. I just wish I was so much more, so um, so much more, so much less than, you know? So yes. it, it wasn't even a case where I wish I was more. It's the opposite of what you're used to. I wish I was less than. You know, sometimes you'll be like, maybe I'm too much. Maybe I'm the problem. But then you realize that after a while, Ian, people do catch up. People do catch up. And it's funny because now that I'm looking at it, just in my regular community where I was raised and, you know, the people who would have ridiculed me are the people who praise me now. Right. The people who call my mother to say, you're not proud of your son now. Are the mm-hmm. people who are under my posts now. Are the wow. people who send me messages of encouragement? No. And trust me, I have forgiven them and I do appreciate it. But it is mm-hmm. something that I could have gone without because it's something that I sorted out by myself. I did nothing wow. and I didn't deserve it. But at the end of the day, if Jesus can go through and go through, you know, who am I to not? So trust right. me, that self-esteem thing was an issue and it would have been an issue throughout all the different constructs in my life too by the way school church play work whatever but Mm -hmm. once again it was my family that kept me grounded and just let me know that listen regardless of what everyone says you know we love you and so that's all that matters and so to this day if anything should be an issue for me once my family is okay then i am okay okay and yeah Yeah. that is I mean, and not only because of the support of your family, it's just like, a, it's a good motivation, but also the work that you put in is also what makes it more fruitful. You know what oh, I mean? Yes. Like oh, people yes. can support you and say, yeah, man, you can do it and encourage you to be who you yeah, are. Man. But if you don't put in that work and that is what you do, you put in the work. Yes, yeah. And so it's not a case where I am dependent on my family um, only. I I have also created a space for myself to depend on me so if it means to lock off my phone i tell people all the time and it's funny because i don't think they believe me i could turn off my phone i could log out of social media i could never be mentioned and i would still be good because i am just okay with me and that mm-hmm. is something that was never the case at one point listen now we're not get certain legs on your 
or you now get certain accolades or whatever you delete that you come off of that <laughs> you feel like okay man have the rave again nobody not love you yeah, whatever yeah, until yeah. i'm like what is all of this for like or, mm-hmm. you don't even you can't even measure if the love is real or not like anybody can double tap on a screen anybody can see yep. anything what matters is what you really feel about you and so i i literally had to learn that it wasn't an easy thing trust me yeah, and hearing this from you, Lidge, again, on a, on, a, on, a, on a space where you have a total combined following of over 30,000 on your Twitter and Instagram, and again, social media has created such a different narrative, uh, or some people, a lot of people use it as um, a justification that they are being loved because they get the, they watch <laughs> the number of likes and, and the comments and that sort of stuff. Mm. Again, you... And I was going to say, you legitimately (laughs) post one (laughs) photo. And then they assume they know everything about you and your life. And you tweet. And you are always so humorous, you know. People assume that, oh, he's always a happy guy. And, you know, people don't really understand that behind closed doors or behind social media, there is my life. and, And I go through shit like everybody else. Oh, absolutely. No, it's just a matter of control because I also feel like even though there are people who support me and there some of them are my friends, at the same time, I feel like I set my agenda. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think that I need everybody to know um, the issues that we go through in everyday life. Now, if somebody wants to do that, that's absolutely no problem. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm not a whiner and I'm not a complainer because I promise you, as much as I'm going through it today, tomorrow I'm good. Sometimes all I need is just sleep or as my tweet, sometimes they never really upset or depressed. Sometimes you just want to bed. And yeah. so, for me, <laughs> so no, and, and I'm just talking about me, not anybody else. By yeah. um, so sometimes I just need some time. And so I don't usually use it as a venting system because I vent to myself. You see, when I mm-hmm. sit in this apartment by myself, and I sit like I'm talking to you and I speak out and I release it. That's my form of therapy for now. Yes. You know what I mean? But trust me, not every day is good. Not every day is golden, as we say. Sometime coffee, sometime tea. Generally, yes. I'm I generally I'm in a I'm I'm somebody who's not really fussy, so I'm mostly in a good mood. But yes. without a doubt, there are some days that are very rough. I've days here. Mm-hmm. I've had days in Japan, and I don't think I've ever said this to anybody, where I don't even want to come home, like come to my house, this house. Now, there's right. nothing wrong with my house, but it's 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 a case where you just have a panic. You're like, yo, you're going to actually go home and you're going to have to sort out these feelings by yourself. You know, sometimes just being at work and hearing the little Japanese, I don't really understand when nobody has said. You, wow. you want to hear the company or you just want to feel like there are people around you. Around which you. is why I was saying that moving moving um to a country, let alone a country with a different language, is not always the easiest. So there are days that are rough. There are days mm-hmm. that are rough, but pivoting, adapting, just remembering who you are helps. And your purpose. Lot. Yeah, and the purpose because you're yeah. like listen to me you're good in remember say you have this problem you know, but i promise you next week this is not it's going to be a non-issue so you just need to go through the process don't rush it just go through it yeah man yeah absolutely so lich for a guy like you um who's always on social media when you're not on social media what do you do or where could i find you in your spare time 
So a lot of people will be very surprised by the fact that I'm not necessarily the most exciting person when I'm <laughs> when I'm when I'm just spending time by myself. Now, if I'm around friends and stuff, definitely right. the same comical personality, comedian, all idiot. But at this <laughs> point, when I'm at home, I'm just usually like playing on my Nintendo Switch. I mm-hmm. love sports games, and I feel like, especially being in the country where the Olympics is being held. I think I've racked up Chow a few <laughs> a few Olympic games that I play um, very often by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently got into Mario Kart with my friends. Um, I also just probably go to restaurants and get food and stuff. I also spend a lot of time shopping online and trying to figure out like my next um, fit. My mm-hmm. next shoot, my next project, <laughs> or my, no, is that it's, it's, it's very serious for me. Like, I mm-hmm. envision so many things, and I'm like, oh, we see where you wearing these clothes, good sir. You're not going anywhere, so I probably need to cramp down on that. But yeah, it's usually just games, online shopping, just browsing oh, yeah. tennis so, videos, yeah. just practicing singing and music and stuff. I really just enjoy my own company. There are a few mm-hmm. times I will go to a restaurant, or when I do travel and travel with friends and stuff that's when probably you'll see more of like my personality outside of pictures and the instagram posts but um apart from that i'm just always chilled i'm a homebody wow interesting Lidge. i would never i i could probably guess that because i i am of similar personality where you know i will the, my pictures on instagram would probably speak something different but really I'm oh really, yes because really i just went on the instagram and i saw you on a yacht and i'm like okay yeah <laughs> yeah okay. and i'm like you know it's really just i'm really a homebody to be honest like i and i just like yourself i enjoy my own space i enjoy yeah. being you know just do, it's a small thing like you mentioned earlier sometimes you just need to take a shower and really and truly yeah. I love I love water <laughs> and I will just go take a shower and I feel refreshed and ready again to start something new you know mm-hmm. that's it that's it definitely absolutely you mentioned about um shopping online what are like your three places to shop because I realize a lot of times we don't talk men don't really like to talk about shopping because they think otherwise of it but right. looking good I mean, come on, anybody wants to feel good about themselves. It's, what a you must. it's a must. What are your three sites or three places that you'd recommend for us men to shop? All right. So for me, I actually don't necessarily buy high-end things because I feel like, and by the way, I'm modestly saying this, people, so don't kill me. If you can <laughs> look just as good in something cheap as you'd, ex- um, as you'd look in something expensive, and if you don't need that expensive thing, then just go with cheap and clean. So for all my friends, my brothers <laughs> and my sisters by extension, I have a YouTube called Keeping It Legit. And I had um, a clothing haul from like two cheap sites called ASOS, A-S-O-S and AliExpress. I usually buy there. I buy from Zara, um, which is more of a middle end. Um, and probably if I do travel, I'll cop something from an expensive store. But more, that's rare. But apart from that, I would say Zara, ASOS, AliExpress. You know, of course, you have the people, the trendy Instagram boys and girls now that use like the Boohoo man and the Fashion Over 
fashion mm-hmm. over men and stuff. But for me, to be honest, though, Ian, I will literally get things from anywhere. Even if it's from a blue chapalin, I will buy it once I can see the fit. So my mm-hmm. fits can literally come from anywhere. So I could wear expensive shoes, a very cheap shirt, and probably a pants that is close to free, as long as it, it, it completes the look. So, and you make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really don't have like a set store per se, but I those are the ones that I would browse uh, more often than not. In Jamaica, I used to make my clothes, yeah. but of course, you know, you can't get that here, especially yeah, in COVID. Yeah. So I have to like try to see how best I can um, adapt to just wearing Asian clothes, which seems to be working so far. Yeah, like a lot so. of times the attention that I do get definitely comes from the like Asian clothes, them to my surprise. <laughs> Bless God. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Um and for you, like how what's the thought process when coming up with a look? <laughs> oh wow. I'm like, curious. How can you... What's the secret? <laughs> the secret is stressing, um, drawing envisioning in your head what's going to be the case and also just outdoing what you did the last time (laughs) and it's funny because for my birthday (laughs) i literally had a plan to get a suit of a particular color and it wasn't available and so i moved to a second one and it wasn't available and i did a plan c suit a third one and it's so funny how the third one you know it worked out just the same but then people mm-hmm. thought that it was a wedding, a wedding um suit, sh- um shoot because it was like a white jacket and some black pants and roses mm-hmm. were involved. So a lot of people were like, "Then if I desire a birthday photo shoot, what is going to be for your yeah. wedding?" And so <laughs> just thinking about that, people are expecting that you're always going to do better than. That. No, mm-hmm. that is just the fun part and the little quote unquote um social media part in your head. But as yep. it relates to me and what. I actually do. It's really planning and just working out for what makes the best sense for me. So it's a lot of indecisiveness, though, putting things in my cards, taking it back out, actually drawing things, actually trying to find things that I have at home. And maybe a joke, I will literally find something at home and I will go on a site and edit it into the Mm. same color to see yeah. what it would look like on my skin like i don't i don't play <laughs> i really don't play and i don't know why i do it but i'm hoping that one day it makes sense um but it has been making sense so far, it has right? been mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, of course it has been <laughs> yes yeah, so i can't I mean, say that no you can't uh, say that at all it has been making perfect sense but uh, as you said before like we just did that final edit and the final cut and and when you know everything is out on social media but I, I i was very curious to know because i know you did a survey on how the suit came about like you were asking questions like how long did the shoot take how yeah. was this the final suit and i literally probably got everything wrong i probably got one <laughs> right so it's i was okay. like i'm saying so what really go into you putting this look together because i am a guy where i put literally two and two together and i that is my outfit i'm not too thinking too deep into it i just right. put two things together and make that's it right um thank god for a good camera so that's why the pictures look so good but... <laughs> no, i think you do well for yourself thank um, you. <laughs> so for me though yeah it's really sometimes it's hard work sometimes when i finish no by the way i love it i love it um but sometimes when i finish i'm like you know this was just so much i mean now ever do it again like they take a break and <laughs> nobody now catch me on a good clothes still whatever and then just the little 
the little something in your chest said, mm-hmm, time again, you're ready to dress up where we're going. Yes. So, like, even in this moment, I'm planning a trip. Maybe Jamaica, maybe somewhere else, I don't know. And with um our Prime Minister's COVID measures, which I will definitely respect, mm-hmm. I am still thinking about, you know, doing a shoot or doing some projects there because I'm actually starting a business as well. Um, that will involve a lot of imagery. So that is nice. definitely a big project that I'm taking on. So if I was stressed before for a birthday shoot or just a suit in the city, I have another thing coming because I'm just going to mm-hmm. have to level up again. Um, I am so I've looking forward. I am so looking forward, yeah. Legion. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm super, super proud of your direction, where you're going now, what is to come, because I feel like there's just so much more. Um, we're ready. To, I'm just ready, you know. I'm you know just Ian, mm-hmm. Thank you, by the way, for that. It's it's very like nice hearing somebody say they're proud of you off social media, because, mm-hmm. you know, people will say that they are, and I genuinely do believe them, but sometimes... You just think that, oh, it's the platform. So people are just going to be gracious and stuff. So when somebody can actually say that in person, I feel like, you you know, you feel it a bit more. Um, mm. And I feel like that's one of the greatest things you can tell me. Like, don't tell me, oh, you're just great or you don't tell me whatever. That's great. But just hearing, I like what you're doing. I like the inspiration. I feel proud. You know, these things are the things that matter to me. And I don't know where I'm going, you know, to be honest. So if anybody should tell me where will I be going, Mm-hmm. I don't know, but the point is I'm putting in the work so that I can serve in any space. Because I think about how three years ago, I had absolutely no idea of where my life was going for as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. It was just television. Um, so knowing I'm here now, I just feel like once you say, as you said just a while ago, like all that you plan to do or all that you will do. I'm excited for that as well. So I'm just as excited as another person who's rooting for me because I don't know, but we're just moving. Yeah, no, listen, you're just following your heart, following your God, following the universe, following the direction that God is putting it in. And you're just listening. And that's what, and that's, and I think, again, that is what makes it a lot more fruitful and a lot more, you know, it's just like, again, authentically you, staying true to you and just pivoting wherever life take you you go in there like you say fashion is something that is dear to your heart you post one picture and you put together a planning and then you're like oh god i don't do this again and then a week later or maybe who knows a day later <laughs> you're like oh right we're ready again we're going to do this again because it's you you know what i mean you and can never purpose. Get from it. yeah and, and it's, it's purpose. purpose yeah yeah it's like <laughs> your little happy place <laughs> For sure, for sure, it's purpose. Sure. But telling on purpose is not only what you're happy about, but something that you're led to do, something that you can literally serve in. And you know, just to hear that I inspire people and you, and you know, it's, yeah, it's actually it never gets old per se because that's not the intention. But it never right. gets old to know that people are actually watching and rooting. So I appreciate that. Absolutely, um, Lidge, I am. Um gonna touch on twitter now right because again oh, Lord Jesus. you Let's are <laughs> you are a little comedian and i know your mom also is always in the comments interacting oh no she is something else i <laughs> haven't is. listen uh, she has a next thing coming but you will see later on because i agree give her something to do she'll have too much time but yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
you you had a tweet you had a tweet right and it said my mother begs because she tell me i can't even read it without laughing my mother begs because she tell me say she need a new race waist trainer and i told her she should just get a trainer no yes. way <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you know what's funny? That's the project that I'm talking about. So this Great. is world premiere. Wow. She really, she really wants to do something different. And I think she wants to do something differently with her health. And mm-hmm. so even though, and this is literally something that I will say, and it goes for the rest of my tweets or my posts mm-hmm. even though i will say things in satire or i will say things comically they're really a reflection of what is taking place so i am actually trying to get her on a weight loss journey with a special person i don't know how it's going to go yet because i have a meeting coming up but this is literally something she said to me yesterday and i'm like yo why are we so comical like it's a real real serious issue she mm-hmm. wants to lose the weight, and I'm just here trolling her, as I usually do. <laughs> and she came on, and she responded, and she said, you're scandalous. And I saw not... it. Yeah, she said, she hate, <laughs> I hate you. You're too scandalous. <laughs> yes. That's the relationship we have. Like, it's not even a social media one. I know a lot of people started thinking, oh, is it, is it him that's controlling her account? But mm-hmm. no, nah, she's actually a personality as well. No, thinking about it, this is not even something that me and my mother would have done, like, 10 years ago. To show yeah. how much we've, you know, just become an actual unit. Like, she's not just my mother, but she's my friend. Wow. Um, and so, this is just so authentically us. Um, but, yeah, as it relates to the tweets, that's just me. Wild and true. Wild and true. There are no jokes. No additives. We love, we love <laughs> to see it. We love to see it. Um, Lidge, I, I, much, I appreciate this conversation so much. And before we go... What would you what would you tell your younger self looking in the mirror? What would you say to young Lidge? All right, and I, when I heard you start the question, I think I got a bit emotional because it's in moments like these where I can actually look back and I just remember the younger me. Um, and it's like I feel everything that i felt before again but in a different way now like this one that i'm feeling now is not necessarily the void but the redemption from the void mm-hmm. um what i will say to my younger self or what i would have said was just be legitimate you know <laughs> be legitimately you and they will catch up and i mean that okay. wholeheartedly they will mm-hmm. catch up being young, being impressionable, taking comments, advice, <laughs> some to your detriment, so close to you and feeling every single thing and taking everything personal. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought that the day would come when Lidge could be the ruler of Lidge, being mm-hmm. on his own time, doing his own thing. And so I'm happy that they didn't release me from it, but I released myself mm-hmm. from it. And once again, same people, same situations that led you into that hellhole is the same people, the same situations now that are working in your favor. And so once again, I will just say, 
be legitimately you, they will catch up. Nice, nice. Lidge, again, my, I cannot share how happy I am to have you in my space. Um, just being able to like, just again, if I want to have a quick laugh, I can jump on TikTok and I say Lidge. If I want to have a laugh, I can jump on Twitter. If I want to find something, what I'm going to wear, I can jump on Instagram. And again, you have just and just for other people out there to be inspired. And again, I can't explain how appreciative I am of you. And I'm pretty sure your 30k followers are are just the same as well. I'd hope so because I'd be damned if I came on social media just to waste time. Like somebody must be inspired. My no YouTube purpose. song, my YouTube song literally says, "Inspiring the crowd, good vibes alone allowed." So I'm hoping that that actually made sense. I just want to spread good vibes. It does. It does. To be inspired. <laughs> so I, you, you must have looked at tune a while ago, and we hear the little vocals, huh? and I really? noticed I just, that. Little, little something. <laughs> and I know that you have a little song out now. Not a little, a big song, big tune out now. You want to share that with my, my listeners? Yeah, so I'm hoping when did that, that come out, Lynch? What do you mean? Like the writing and singing. We never, I never know all of this. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know because this has just always been me with the church. And, you know, funny enough, I spoke to my mother today about it and she says, I don't know why people are surprised because this has always been you. You've mm -hmm. always been this person. You've always been multifaceted. I'm like, yeah, mommy, but of course, you know, every day somebody knows you better or somebody knows you for the first time. You know, not everybody's used to it. So if you really look at it, the way with words that I would have on Twitter, how I would like mix similes, metaphor, whatever, is just my real way of speaking. And it has come out in my writing as well. So I don't know if you did want me both piece of the song or tell me, or you want me to tell you about the song. But I want both. <laughs> I my my okay. listeners want both. Okay, so 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 so, so. <laughs> the song, the song is actually speaking of me enjoying life regardless of whatever is taking place regardless of who's clapping regardless of my space my pace right mm -hmm. um it also speaks of just this ability to believe in the fact that everything will work out for you because of course i serve a god that will ensure that everything is copacetic mm -hmm. no if you listen to that line that I just said to you, it is literally all that we've been speaking about. And I'm just realizing that that connection um, was real. Mm -hmm. Being so sure about yourself, enjoying your life, and of course, believing that everything will work out and the fact that people will be catching up. So that's literally what the song is about. Just good vibes and just knowing who you are. Um, so, let me give you a piece. All right. Mm -hmm. So, build back and I try live a righteous life. Work out some flex anytime I feel like. I may never rush a move. Just know when I'm my time. Still no hype. Just vibe. 
This summer season like a Maggie had a sponsor. Iniquity dead and no corona and no cancer. Me name vibrating now, they made it ring without an answer. Take a page out of my book, them sell it down a song star. Like Christian from the Sabbath, summer rest back from the redeemed. Beginning to the end and the end back to the beginning. My days them long like this establishment, Terry and Izzy. Man, I gotta guide me some, yeah, go with him. That's it. <laughs> oh, love it, love, love, That's love it. it. When can we expect the full the full song out? I'm going to boss a Rihanna. Don't ask me about my music. When it come out, it come out. I may just even do makeup or I'll just probably start a laundry line. But um, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm actually hoping, I'm actually hoping that this is something that can be released for the summer. Because I know like summer is just a feel-good time. And trust mm-hmm. me, from this, I don't want to be like a mega star. I don't want it to be a case where Oh, Lidge is always releasing music and whatever. I just want to make one of my bucket list. One of the things on my bucket list in life was to just do everything once. Mm. And so wherever this takes me, I'll be very grateful for it. But I, I actually just wanted to showcase my talent. And also in a pandemic, when so many people are going through things, if you can create something that people can just bop to and just feel confident in themselves, just do that. And that's yeah. exactly why I did what I did. So I'm hoping that it's something that's good. Um, knowing me, I'm going to try my very best to produce something of high quality. So it's a lot of work I'm doing. Yeah. Like it's not just a song. It's something that speaks to me, resonates to me. It's something that actually is personal to me. And so because it is my project and it's my baby and it's my brainchild I have yep. as such. So hopefully everybody loves it. If they don't, yeah. then I just saw, but because you you like it and you, you felt it's your baby, you know. And, yeah, man, I like sure. it. I sing this song every day. I'm riding my bicycle from work. I'm singing that song. I'm singing in the shower. I'm laying down on the ground. I'm singing it like I'm at the Grammys. Me like <laughs> me and me like my son. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> And it's so funny you said that because it's one of the reasons why I start this podcast too. I want something. I mean, it's a pandemic. I mean, come on everybody's home and I, you know I, I i tell you like i'm very big on mental health and being home and locked up and not being able to go out as normal or have your normal mm-hmm, lifestyle mm-hmm. it's hard so you know i want i created this podcast to have these conversations tell people listen you're not alone and you, we will be fine we will be absolutely we'll be okay remember once again the belief that i have is that everything is going to work out everything will be in excellent order just do your work and Trust me, you look back and you realize that this was needed. And I even feel like just just being on the show, to be honest, Ian, Hewitt's mm-hmm. theory, I have been inspired. Like I came here, mm-hmm. you know, expecting to just have a conversation. But when I tell you that, I feel like this interview has unearthed so many things that I didn't notice. Wow. Um, I didn't stop to really evaluate. And mm-hmm. so you really, you really have done a thing so i just want to tell you big up yourself you know i'm sure when you even started this you probably didn't even know all the things that you're going to do no but, <laughs> but but that's it but that's it and it comes back again to the advice that i gave to somebody who wasn't always confident you don't have to start confident just start and you know mm-hmm. it will carry you to places that you would not imagine so hats off to you man thank you i appreciate that little whole lot 
Um, all right, Lynch, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. But you know, we have to end in the human theory way. So our affirmation is the secret of getting ahead is getting started. It's all in those little steps that makes the journey complete. Do you believe that, Lynch? Absolutely. Start small. You just need to start. I definitely believe it. For all the people who are great in life, they had to start in order to be great. They had to start in order for you to know them. So just start. Absolutely. Lidge, again, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ian. You have been just a breath of inspiration. And just keep on keeping on and keeping it legit. (laughs) Keeping it legit. (laughs) All right. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Stay tuned for season two of the Hewins Theory Podcast.